Welcome to the Insightful Startup Podcast, a podcast to accompany the book, The Insightful Startup. In each episode, I talk to people who have been inspirations for the book, and through these conversations, you'll get additional perspectives on the most important concept of the specific chapters, and here I supply them to startup examples not mentioned. The book can be bought as print, e- or audiobook on the insightfulstartup.com. Mass Lundtoft is a venture partner at Accelerase and was a co-founder of the startup Abeo that took part in the Accelerase batch in 2012. Mass is also an external lecturer at Copenhagen Business School and has authored two books himself. Today we discuss chapter 4 in the book. The chapter is called Startups are Built on Original Insight. And in the chapter I coined the term original insight and I describe how the successful founders I met had original insight and I describe how we recognize it in founders today. Mass, when do you know if a startup founder has original insight and uh, is it always that black and white? I think it's a great question and it's been interesting being part of this journey because it's going back some years now. I've been part of Accelerate for some years and and we've only coined it in the last few years. But essentially, I've, of course, given it some thought also uh, in the past period because we've been spending a lot of time discussing it. And what I've come to think of when I think about Original Insight is that it's some mix. I'm not sure about the exact distribution between the two, but it's a mix between expertise, so domain knowledge, domain expertise, and a vision for the future because essentially you of course have to have very very deep knowledge and insight so expertise about the domain the industry the product the problem but you also have to have a vision about the future and i think there are even examples where if you have too much expertise so you're deeply deeply into a field and you know every single thing about it it can almost be a limiting factor so there is probably an optimal level of expertise but then the other part you need is, is a vision that I said, and that is because you need to look into the future. You need to have an idea about how things could be different in the future. And I think this is really uh, the interesting thing is how do you balance these two? And in my opinion, the sweet spot between the two is essentially when you can have qualified and creative guesses about the future. And what I mean about that is qualified is probably that it's based on knowledge, on data, hot facts. And this is typically something you can look up or that you know from actual experience. And then the creative part, so unlike the qualified part, the creative part is something that is not common sense. That is not something you can look up or strictly know because that is looking into the future or inferring something based on what you believe and think. Of course, it's probably linked to the qualified guess, but I think this combination of qualified and creative guess is really where there is a sweet spot and it's something we can discuss a bit more, but that's really what I've come to think that it has to be some kind of a mix between these two things. Yeah, I think that it's apparent that domain expertise and really understanding your field doesn't give you enough foundation to create a real meaningful startup because then almost all of the successful companies we would see would be founded by people who worked in the industry for mm. years and years and years. And that is actually not the case. 
some have worked in the industry, but typically then it has been with some distance to the customer, maybe as a consultant or been selling into that segment. So it's like the creative part requires a little bit of distance because it's when you're deep into it, it's difficult to see sort of proverbially the forest for the trees, yeah. right? And you and you know you 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 know your current challenges and you're focusing on solving those. But what I say to startup founders is when you do a startup, you're not building a company for today. You're building a company for the future. And investors are giving these startups runway to target that future, right? So they don't actually have to solve a problem today. They can solve a problem in the near future. But obviously, like you say, the timing issue is really critical. But it's guess my, my question was also, is it black and white, right? Yeah. Original insight, and I claim that in the book is something you can develop. So it points to a hint to a process where you can have certain degrees of original insight. How do you think about assessing the level of insight and and to advance that? That's a good question, also because I I, I fully agree with your points that it's it's an ongoing process, and I think really good original insights, and we can come back to some examples of that perhaps, but really good original insight is based on some foundation of of expertise and then this vision or the creative part that I said. And then typically it's also an unpacking process. It's something that you uncover over time. Probably you have a hypothesis about how it is or what it is, the insight. And I think that's also implied in the name that it's original insight, that it's not common knowledge, that it's something that is perhaps even a little bit controversial or at least not commonly agreed upon. And that also typically requires that you work with others on it, that you get feedback, that you uncover things, probably in a mix between interaction with other founders, other potentially investors, or even the markets or potential customers, and that you get feedback so that you refine and fine-tune your your thesis or your insight based on that. Um, So your, your question was how, when you know what it is. And I think for me at least, it's kind of when I have this mix of, wow, this guy or girl really knows what he or she is talking about. That's the expertise that I'm really becoming certain that there is some some base level there. Now, I'm a generalist. I, lo- I know a little bit about a lot of things, so I'm generally quite easy to impress. But it's something that you can typically ascertain and you can validate these things. And you know when someone knows what they're talking about. When I start having a hunch, okay, this is not just a, an expert, a professional in some field that just knows everything about it, but also a person that has true, what should we say, vision again about the future or, or an, an insight about how things could be, that is typically when there are some somewhat bold claims or thinking about what it could be and how things are already showing to transition or change, but based on some qualified understanding or knowledge about the domain that it's likely to change more or become different in the future, then I, I, I think those are sort of, I know it's a bit back to my other point, but essentially when those two things move in tandem together, I'm starting to get a sense this is actually not just insight, but also some original insight. There is a new level. It's not just something anyone could look up in a book. There is some originality to it. I think the orig- uh, the originality is often often resides in the in the future, right? Uh, the guesses about how the future is going to develop because it's non-factual. It's basically mm. a subjective assumption which you can have that other people do not. But there's also something about the the current reality. Think about on my own startup. We definitely have 
we had levels of original insight, and it was a lot about the future, but we didn't have original insight about the current situation of our customers. So in my first startup, I basically created a software that allowed marketeers easily to create mobile advertising assets, basically landing pages and competition pages on, on mobile phones. At the time, the mobile wasn't really being used for marketing and it couldn't really be used for marketing because it didn't have a, a good browser. There weren't a, it, wasn't, it wasn't an HTML browser on the phone at the time, what we call feature phones today. And then we, we knew that that was going to change. We had a strong assumption that it was going to change and there were rumors about Apple actually entering the, the mobile phone space with a, a fully fledged HTML browser. And that suddenly opened up for a lot of things that you can do on mobile. And we, we understood that. And uh, we, have, we really had digged a lot into that development. So basically, we had this foresightful element about original insight. And very few actually targeted that because they hadn't really gained that. Or they didn't have that, that foresight. Our problem was definitely around the current situation of our customers. So we didn't understand that psychology. We didn't understand even how the business worked. So I think there are levels about, you know, you can have originality in the, in the, in the, um, in the foresightful element, but you also need some originality into the current situation, especially going deep into the psychology. Why would someone actually take upon themselves the risk of collaborating with a startup at this early phase? Why would, why would that person do that? And here you have to play on certain certain um, dynamics within that business context, organizational context, such as pride, such as things like, I want to be seen as, you know, the, the first mover in things. That is how I define me and, and, and my, my success and, and, um, and respect in, in the organizational hierarchy and those things. And we didn't really understand any of those things. So that have, have, what, your, your case, Abiel, you were also through Accelerates with your own startup. Did, where did you have your original insight? Yeah, so it's uh, I'm, I'm probably one of those cases that can talk about this because I didn't have it or we didn't have any original insight. It's it's worth noting about Abio that we were three CBS students or Copenhagen Business School students that started this company based on patents from the Technical University of Denmark, DTU. And of course, one of the founders, a professor that had made the, these inventions, he had very, very deep insight about the concrete industry and especially on a theoretical level was probably among the top three experts within this in the world. So that was an amazing foundation to build the company upon. But honestly, we as three very young bachelor students had close to zero insight and knowledge about the industry. We, of course, acquired this and we were pretty quick to finding some things that were hints to something that could be interesting about the transition that the construction industry, more specifically the concrete part of construction industry, was undergoing. But that was more of an afterthought or something that happened. So we, we definitely, if I was to meet myself uh, as an investor, I would say that guy or they don't have original insight, at least not at the level that we're looking for in the cases that we're looking for in Accelerates typically to invest in. Um, but the, on the other hand, I think it was a case that eventually, and probably that's also one of the reasons we didn't become as successful as some of the um, 
best cases uh, around, but but certainly was something that we acquired along the way. And that's, of course, a long discussion. Can you acquire insight? I think you can to an extent. Will it become original? Well, that's uh, that's perhaps a, a question, right? But but in that case, we didn't have, uh, as, a, as certainly not the three of us, the business students, we didn't have the original insight. Of course, we had this foundation from the technical founder, uh, Christian, the inventor. And, and that was certainly some of the groundwork for what became a, a somewhat successful business eventually. But what was the consequences on a very practical level of not having original insight? What happened? Yeah, so uh, I think that's a good question. Looking back, uh, things took a long time, uh, and I think there are different reasons for that. Uh, certainly, the construction industry is notoriously conservative. It takes things that are very strict sort of regulatory requirements, which is part of the reason. But there is no doubt that part of the reason is also that we didn't have the strict insight into how does the construction industry, that's a very broad term, but the concrete manufacturing part of the construction industry, how does that work? What is actually the reality out there in the concrete factories. That's a very specific reality. And we completely underestimated that uh, up front, which is probably also the reason we started in the first point. Otherwise, I don't think we would have started that business at all. But of course, we acquired that knowledge by being very, very immersed. But it literally took years. So it took three years from we started the company, got the first funding until we had a marketable product. And essentially, if you had known all those things, you would basically have saved three years of runway. Exactly. Probably we also wouldn't have been able to convince any venture investors, which we did, uh, because no one knew anything about this. Apparently, when I'm looking back, it's kind of surprising. But at least we all underestimated how long it would take to bring this general invention that it was from and the patents from D2 into a marketable, uh, marketable product. So that, that took longer than we expected, for sure. It's also the same that happened in my startup, I think. It's it definitely what happens when you don't have original insight is that it just slows you down because you have to learn everything by basically sort of throw things at the wall and see what sticks. And in the end, you sort of understand how things work. But that doesn't even give you original insight. It just, it just levels sort of. So now you understand how things work, but you still don't have an edge Right. So and, and I think just to get into that understanding and then try to expand that into something that's actually original insight that will give you an edge where you know something about the customer that they do not know themselves, that is challenging. Mm. And that basically slowed us down a lot. So I think that's a very practical and from a both from a founder and an investor standpoint, especially from an investor standpoint, that is problematic that things take time. I, I fully agree. It's it's a hugely problematic, and I think it was also part of our challenges in that we sort of it took longer than the first investors expected, meaning that we had to finance in in alternative ways, and eventually it didn't become this full blown venture case and so on, which is part of the nature of the business. So I, I think you're definitely right, and and in order to navigate the circumstances and also be able to execute within the very very short time frame that you typically have with a normal runway that you get from a first or the first few investments, you have to know more or less exactly where to tap in and what exact pains you're solving, and. I think it's fair to say, looking back, that this is part of what we were lacking. But we meet a lot of founders who actually do not have original insight, but they have maybe contours of insight. And then we have to make a bet whether they can obtain that quickly enough. 
I think in my startups, we were able to obtain levels of insight and you also mm. obtained insight. And, and in the book, I, de- I just have an entire chapter about how to develop insight. Uh, you can definitely further it. So when we are looking at sort of founders who have contours of it, but not having it to the degree that we would like, how do how do we think about that, or how do you think about that? The ability to to develop this insight. Yes, I think that's a very interesting question because I do agree that we, if we were only to invest in startup founders that had deep original insight, we would do close to zero investment, very few investments. So you're right, we do investments where they don't have perfect original insight. One thing that I really like to see is an understanding of the importance of original insight, that they understand we need to find some deeper issue or insight that we can build this company upon. And then the next indication, I won't call it a proof because I think that would be a bit too much, but certainly an indication that these founders may be the ones to obtain original insight is within the time span that we're working with them, typically from the first time we meet them and the next few times, if they're able to acquire knowledge, if they actually have a way of moving forward on it. And that can be in different ways. Some are immersing themselves by actually uh, working with the customers, being with the customers, moving in with the customers, either literally speaking or proverbially um, and or figuratively. And, and that's, that's an indication that they have what it takes to not just get a superficial textbook level understanding of some target group or market uh, segment, but that they're actually willing to also have the, uh, you know, the cause, the pain of, of, of obtaining it. And I think part of that is that you only get this original insight by fully immersing yourself. It's very hard to get on a superficial level. And of course, it depends a bit on the beachhead that you are targeting. Is it consumers? Is it businesses? What is it that you are actually uh, targeting? But I think this immersion and the ability to learn and do it quickly is an incredibly good precursor for whether you can develop some level of original insight and adapt to the realities. Because the other side, just to to make that point, is also if you develop too strong of a sense of how reality is and that you're not able or willing to bend that, that can be a terrible thing for, well, startups and then also for investors. The way I have started to think about it, well, there there were several ways I I think about it, obviously, but one way I think about it is, can I see that these founders truly want to help their customers? Are they in it to make the life of their customers better? Because only if you have that perspective, I think that you are seeking facets of how, what could, what if, if you have the view on how can I make the life of my customer better, you start expanding from their stated problems and right now problems onto, to, to a bigger set of problems. And because you expand your horizon into also having parts of the near future, also things that they don't really maybe articulate themselves, then you get into the territory of originality. So I I don't have a good analogy for this, but one potential analogy is that uh, now I'm a parent and you also are a parent, right? So we want the best for our kids. We truly want the best for our kids. We're not not thinking about them sort of, quote, unquote, as customers, right? We're willing to just spend energy just to help them. And that means we start looking a little bit into their future. We're willing to 
say, hey, you cannot take that piece of candy because that will hurt your teeth, even though if we thought of this, customers, they were just, you want candy? Here's candy, right? But because we, we truly want the best for them, now we are expanding our horizon into what is truly the best for them. And they are not able to understand, perhaps, because they're so deep into being a kid, and just deep into their current needs that I want candy right now, that they're unable to understand that that's not good for them in the future. It's, it's a rough analogy. It's not a great analogy. But I think if I see startups who really want the best for their customers, it's something that I saw with a company like Templify, where the founders, Christian and Henrik, they really they had this extreme respect and love for their customers. And they wanted to ensure that those customers were competitive in the future, that they could do their job in the future, that they were diminishing. So they would think of, of a broader set, or they would see it at a different angle than if you just saw them as a customer. Because then you would be like, hey, they want this, buy this thing, I'll sell them this thing, whatever it is. And, and I think it boils down to empathy, right? It's the ability to not just understand on a theoretical or rational level, but actually feel the need, the pains, how they live. And that gives you a, a totally different layer or levels of granularity, which is what you need. And also, I, I like your analogy with the, uh, the, the candies for kids, right? Because that, or candy for kids, because that, that's literally also because you are willing to look into the future and take an expense upfront for something that hopefully will be an investment down the road, uh, a good um, investment. So I, I think the empathy is key. And that's also back to my point on the immersion part. I think to fully immerse, you also need empathy or at least to develop that empathy to really be able to understand it at a level where you can develop the the kind of insight that we're talking about. And that uh, people who are not empathetic are people who I would say maybe they're not Maybe they are empathetic as personalities, but in that particular situation, people who are not empathetic are people who, who will see their customers of this as a, as a pure opportunity, right? To be extremely opportunity-driven. Mm. I have an opportunity to do this startup right now because these customers are asking for this, but they don't have true what you call empathy. And I think the, the word empathy is, is really, it really resonates with me on, on that. So that's definitely one way, I think, to evaluate whether they have the potential to obtain original insights. If they don't, do they have true empathy for their customers? I guess another thing is curiosity and just not being afraid to get your hands dirty and actually go out there and immerse yourself with your customers, right? And well, is that something you also re look at? Yeah, I, I think that is actually back to a little bit the point I tried to make is on this learning path that you are able to acquire knowledge that requires typically that you get your hands dirty, at least figuratively speaking, that you're willing to go out there and, and immerse yourself fully and being part of, of also uh, all the intricate details. And so I, I fully agree with that. It's, it's a way to develop it where you move away from what I would call desk research, which is something that that you could see some founders do, which is more something you would probably do in school, right? In university as well. You can research a lot uh, by uh, typing into your computer, but where you get the real insight is out there in the battlefield and by being part of it. Uh, and that requires some level of getting your hands dirty uh, for sure. And also seeing 
the I think what is is tricky is also typically what might appear as a say a pain to be solved for a customer is typically something at face value, but then it often has multiple facets, and there may be many sides of it that you only fully uncover when you actually immerse yourselves and understand. Well, why are they solving? What are the levels of pain here, and how much of a pain is it? When is it a pain? All these things that you can at face value it might appear as a pretty straightforward answer, and in almost all cases. And that's another hint that the founders we're talking to are getting to something that could be original insight is when they can show these different facets. That it's not, I, I think generally if it's a too easy answer, then probably it's not the level of insightfulness that we're looking for. Um, and of course, this is generalizing, right? There are no rules without exceptions. But I think if we're talking about indications, at least, that's a pretty good indication. I also write in the book, it's something... Or the situation where founders meet us and they educate us on something. That is really where I, that's a strong hint of original insight. Because most founders, I think when they pitch, they would they will tell about some kind of problem that is so obvious and we all know it. And it's, like you say, it's a single facet. So it would be the, the climate change, the, 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 the planet is getting hotter. Like, duh, we, we know that. Like, you, you don't understand the they don't demonstrate that they know multiple facets of this problem. What is the underlying problem, right? Or people are too busy or people are too stressful. If that's sort of their problem statement, it's definitely a point to them not having original insight. They need to get much more granular than that. Yeah, also because that that's when you move into the territory we are really looking for with this is, as we have talked about many times, is essentially that we're looking for founders that will have a thesis or an insight, some thinking about the future that is both getting uh, right or will be right, but it also has to be non-consensus. And that's almost always going to be something that is not too obvious, right? Because then almost by definition, it will become consensus-based. And, and that's where the the magic really uh, lies. So I, I like your education point of view, because that's exactly the feeling you have where you actually learn something. And even though, as I said, I certainly don't feel I'm an expert in anything or very few things at least, but still I, I have a grasp of a lot of things. And when I am feeling, okay, here I actually, I heard or, or listen to something that sounds clever, smart, but also has a level of something that is not too obvious, that's where I get excited about, well, this could be something. And at any day, I would much rather have something that seems a little bit crazy and thereby original than something that is most certainly right and uh, unoriginal. Yeah, because if you're crazy, that means not a lot of people will do what you do. And you're one of the few companies actually going that route. And if you're right at the same time, I mean, you have very little competition. That's the practicality uh, and the outcome of that. So I think that is incredibly important. How important is original insight in the bigger scheme of things? I mean, you need, of course, a lot of things to succeed as a startup. Do you see original insight sort of at Accelerate? We often talk about things that are prerequisites for success. We call them entry criteria, and then we have things we call excellence criteria, which are are things that want you to have the prerequisite for success that sort of scales with your success. Where do you, how, how do you think about original insight in the bigger context of things that 
So yes. yeah. now I'm looking at it more and more through the lens of a uh, an investor, and I think probably original insight is at the part that will differentiate the really good startup from the amazing startup, and thereby also outcome from an investment perspective. Because I definitely think it's possible to create a very good business without original insight, and you can make a lot of money as a founder, maybe even as an investor. But to make the outsized return that we're usually looking for, and that's part of the math and logic of a venture fund. I think it's a prerequisite to have original insight because we're moving into this non-consensus territory that we just talked about, that you have to be in an area where it's not too evident yet because then it will be too competitive or there will be too many solutions catering to it either now or in the very near future. So that's where the original insight really comes into play. But also even linked to what we talked about before, in terms of the execution ability, we know that part of our reality is that we need to see startups succeed big, but also succeed big fast, right? It has to happen relatively quickly. And as we just talked about, part of our own startup realities or experiences has been that if you don't have that original insight, it's hard to execute right really quickly. Uh, and and that's the other part of it. So for that reason, I'd say I'm, I'm we're definitely doing investments also into startups that don't have the deepest of original insight, but the ones where I feel the most bullish and the most uh, optimistic about the possible outcomes are the ones that have original insight. I think you're right that we see a number of startups that succeed without having original insight. And typically, these are the startups where the business model is known as in a competitive space, and the team is just really good at executing a specific business model. So you're right in the sense that it doesn't mean that you need original insight to build a successful company, or especially not to make money. I think you can make money in, 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 in doing something you absolutely just excel at executing it. But it is definitely what the, what marks the companies that we have seen at Accelerates uh, who, who moves into this unicorn-like territory where they have very few competitors, become category winners, uh, first movers. Uh, and one thing is also these these startups in the beginning, they, they can be difficult, difficult to grasp even. Like, wh what exactly is it I'm looking at, right? That's also sometimes an indication. But it's simply not something, it, it requires several meetings just to understand it. I think that was the case with something like, I remember Labster, I mentioned them in the book as well, where when you look at it, it's a 3D environment where you can take physics tests in a digital 3D world. It was so unintuitive that that was going to be a good business. No one else did it. And the thing is that we as humans, we work a lot on, we, 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 we really like when other people validate things for us, right? We, uh, and, and these are the cases where no one will validate it. So you have to take the non-validation as a sign of validation, which is highly non-intuitive. It is. And and that's where you really have to train your mindset and also when you are in an investment team like we are to be good at challenging each other because sometimes it is easier to go with the, okay, this is quite obvious. It's going to be great. It, I, I understand it at full. So I really like your thinking there that the unvalidation is almost a validation when we're talking about this component at least. Mess, it was a joy to have you on the show. Thank you for the discussion. And to you listeners and readers of The Insightful Startup, Thank you for buying the book and listening to the show. You can find more episodes on the website, theinsightfulstartup.com, and you can follow me on LinkedIn under the name David Today.